Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea, and it is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022. And today I have somebody really interesting and new to talk to. Her name is Lori Seitz, and she is a podcaster, which is why you're going to notice the sound is so awesome in this podcast, which I really, really like. It's always a treat. And her podcast is called Fine is a Four-Letter Word, and she's helping you to look at reinventing yourself at midlife, using meditation to help you stay calm and grounded and get through. And she wants to really help you figure out who you want to be and where you want to go as you're approaching this new phase of your life. So welcome, Lori, to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So tell me about your background. How did you get into this? You're you're a life coach and you're really helping people find their, their true north. And how did you get into that? Well, uh, I have a background professionally. I have a background in marketing and corporate communications and broadcasting. And I uh, worked in that field for a very long time, started my own business, the first one in 2003. And I was running a company called, it was called Zen Rabbit, but it was a baking company, Zen Rabbit Baking Company, and making and selling a product called the Gratitude Cookie. Mm. So that was kind of the first in with the whole gratitude thing. And because I'm a marketer, it was marketed as a tool for businesses to say thank you to their clients Uh. and to people who sent them referrals. And I talked a lot when I ran that business about using gratitude for business and how to use it to differentiate yourself. But going back even further, my mom actually took my brother and me to a meditation course when I was 10 years old. So I was introduced to the whole concept of meditation very Very, young, but yeah. And then I didn't practice it for uh, 35 years. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Maybe that first business would have turned out differently if I had, because when you look at all the top performing business leaders in the world, they practice meditation for a reason. Uh, Yeah. I'm on that bandwagon now, but I wasn't then. So... Um, yeah, so ran that business for 11 years, couldn't quite scale it the way I wanted to shut it down, started teaching networking strategies, pandemic came along and that's when I really had time and quiet to think about what is my next, you know, what is my next phase of life you meant, as you mentioned, and what do I want to do moving forward? Okay, so that brought you to the whole thing. It's an interesting journey, though, and it's interesting when you look back and think, well, I didn't do this quite as well as I should have, but maybe you wouldn't be where you are now if you had. Exactly. Yeah, that's always, it's nice for people to give themselves a break. I know when my, my grandmother, when she was getting towards the end of her life, and even before she got there, she always said, I wonder what I could have been if I hadn't been mm. a stay-at-home mom and a housewife. Maybe I could have been something bigger. And it's kind of sad to hear people reached that point, but then, boy, she took off when she was in her 60s and 70s and got very involved in volunteering. It was big with the YMCA and then with the whole city uh, aging commission and everything like that. And she did she did get there. And I think that's one thing that's nice about retirement is you can get there. You, you can be the things that you want to be. So you can help people with that, right? Yeah. And I've seen some articles recently about how the... 50s, 60s, and beyond are really the time that a lot of people are finding success that they never had previously in their life. Yeah, I know a lot of people like that who are happier than they've ever been. They seem to find something that certainly was not on their plan, but once they find it, they're really happy. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, um, and then tell me about your podcast. Fine is a four letter word. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. So a lot of people bring up the, the idea that fine is an acronym for something and I've heard them all. That's not what I'm talking about here. I just am using the word fine because so many people walk around in their life saying everything is mm. fine. It's fine. And it's really not fine. There's a dumpster fire going on inside them. They don't want you to know about it because they want it to look like they have everything together. Or they're not even admitting it to themselves. They just, they say, everything's fine here. Because maybe it is. It's fine. It's not great. It's also not terrible. So, it's fine. It's leading that mediocre life that you're just going along with the flow, like, mm, it's okay. That's not really, that's not really living. That's surviving. That's a good point. That's not yeah, living. That's a really good point. And that's kind of, it's, it's kind of a waste. It's kind of a shame if you can't get more than yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you help somebody if somebody came to you and like, what's, what's a classic um, case of somebody who might come to you looking for, for guidance? Yeah. So I, you know, the reason I, part of the reason, a lot of the reason why I started this down this path is because that's where I was, you know? So like a lot of people who start businesses, they do it because they want to help the person they used to be. And that's how I used to be. So when I, it was 2014 when I closed the baking company. And at the same time, I'd already decided I was closing that company. My mom was diagnosed with an aggressive form of leukemia and she passed away six weeks later. So as I was mourning the death of my business and my mother, I was asking that question of, do I want to live the next 20 years the same way I've lived the last 20? And what would I do differently? And my life to that point had been fine. It was fine. I uh, was married to somebody who's an amazing person, and that relationship was fine. Not great. (laughs) Fine. So all of these things makes it very difficult to move on when there's not really a, you know, you're not, nothing's terrible. How do you move on? And so... Um, so the process that I went through, which was eventually, it took me four years, but I left that marriage and we had been together for almost 30 years. So taking the steps that I took, which was, um, so in my program, it's, I have within it, it's called the trilogy for success. And that trilogy consists of gratitude, connections, and courage. And so the gratitude piece of evaluating where am I now and what do I have to be grateful for and focusing on that, that gratitude piece. Cause a lot of times we don't, we see what we don't want, but we don't acknowledge what we have that and what's so mm. great about it. And when you focus on gratitude, for example, which is the highest, when you're talking about energetic vibrations, it's the highest level of energetic vibration to get to, gratitude and love. So the more you focus on gratitude for what you have, the more you get, the more you see, 
to be grateful for. So I always start from that place and helping my clients see that. That is a beautiful place to start from, I think, because you know you can get really wound up like, you know, nothing's any good or whatever, and there's plenty of good. So it's hard to find that sometimes or to think about it. So I like that. And it seems like you've been focused on gratitude your whole life. I mean, starting with the gratitude cookie. So that seems to be your your, yeah. your purpose in life is to help people understand that, which is a beautiful, beautiful purpose to have to help people focus on that. Do you find that's hard to get people to see that, to be grateful? Or I guess that's, that's fair, grateful for what they do have? It is because we seem to be conditioned to complain and criticize. Yeah. You know, you look around and, right, our world is very focused on Absolutely, negativity. Yeah. And you have to really dig for the positivity, or at least maybe not, maybe if you don't have to dig, you at least have to mm-hmm. look for it. Because the, the news media, and I'm not, you know, that's Absolutely. what they deliver. I mean, I used to, I was, wor- I wanted, that was what I wanted originally when I graduated college was I wanted to work in that industry. But, you know, they have that saying that if it, if it bleeds, it leads. They, they, that's mm-hmm. what gets attention is negativity. And so um, becoming conscious of that and making an intentional decision to seek out positivity and gratitude. And it, that's not to say that you don't, recognize and see that there are terrible mm-hmm. things happening. You just don't have to wallow in them and, and, and marinate there. Yeah. And that's a good point. I think you're making a good distinction because it's not about just, you know, talk about people that something's going on. They're like, Oh, love and light, love and light, love and light. And they're not wanting to know what's going on. It's almost like a, a chant to protect right. them from the, the bad that's happening. But then you get people on the other side of the coin is like, this country's going to hell. And like, whichever side of the coin you're on, there's a lot of wonderful things in this country. There's a lot of wonderful people. I mean, if you just look harder, but as as you point out, a lot of that, that's, we don't see it. It doesn't come across our, our news feed. It's not on social media. It's a lot of the negative stuff. So it's you raise a lot of really good points there. So you have to, right, you have to train yourself to look for it and to find it in every situation because it's always there, even in situations that, may appear negative or bad in the beginning can you find a shred of silver lining because it, there is it is always there and the irony was that when i started that first business with the gratitude cookie i was not a very grateful oh. person and i had a mentor who put me through an exercise to kind of train me to be more grateful and so i do that as well now with my clients not exactly the same exercise, but I do have some exercises to take people from that negative bent of a mindset to being able to more easily see the gratitude. Mm, I like that. That's really nice. Do you think one of the reasons that, so you're helping people to to move on, but a lot of people still, they just want to hang on to what they've always known. And do you think it's fear or what is causing people not to want to take a chance? Because it seems like once they do, a lot of them are really happy that they did it. It's just, why do they not want to go away from something that is making them miserable? It's interesting. I just put up a post, I think it was last week, uh, several days ago, on LinkedIn about fear. 
And the difference between fear, real fear, like you're going to be attacked by a bear because you're standing in the forest and a bear is in front of you, you know, like not just thinking about it. You're actually in a situation where you are fearing for your life. That's real fear. As opposed to, I'm afraid to move out of this job, or I'm afraid to leave this marriage, or I'm afraid to take the next big step, the thing that's going to move me forward in and help me get what I say I want, but I'm afraid. I think that kind of fear is more a lack of commitment or a lack of clarity around what it is you really mm. want. Because when you are fully committed to something, you will go after it no matter what. And when you are, and in order to have that commitment, you have to have clarity. Yeah. What is it? What is it that you really want? And then once you know that and you have some idea of perhaps the steps do you need to take to get there, then you're off to the races. But before you have that clarity, that's when it's yeah. scary. Okay. But so how do you get clarity? Because that's hard. I know when I graduated from graduate school and I, I knew I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to help people. Well, that is so huge, such a, you know, obtuse way of approaching something. And it was really hard to find out yeah. what that is. And something actually kind of just landed in my lap and opportunities just opened up. So how do you get clarity? How do you figure it out what it is that you're looking for? There are a couple of ways. One is getting clear on your values. What is it that you value? So for example, if you value family, you're not going to want to find an opportunity that has you traveling all over the world you know, three weeks out of four weeks away from home. And so figuring out what are your top values, and there are plenty of tools out online that you can find about values, in, uh, checklists and things about helping you figure out what your values are, although that is something that we go through in my program. And then coming back to that meditation piece of getting quiet enough to hear what is your own inner voice telling you, your own inner truth. What is it that you want? And getting quiet enough to hear that. Okay. And then trusting, mm. you know, it's that intuition. And then, right. So once you hear that voice, trusting, having faith that that is your answer and moving forward and you Perhaps when you had that opportunity, it came to you because, and you trusted that that's the direction to go in. Yeah, it aligned with my values. So that was part of the reason. Right. Um, so then with meditation, do you help people to learn how to meditate? Because that is difficult for a lot of people to find the time and to shut off their minds in enough of a way that they can actually hear anything or feel like they've spent time that was well used as opposed to just sitting there and going through their to-do list for 20 minutes <laughs> while they're sitting there on the cushion. So yes. how do you yes. help people with that? Those are exactly the two, those are exactly the two things that I hear from people the most of why they don't meditate. I don't have time. I can't shut off the voices mm -hmm. in my head. So I'm, so which translates to then, so I'm not good mm -hmm. at meditating. Yeah. Okay. One, Nobody can shut off all the voices in their head unless perhaps they are a monk who's been doing it for 75 years. That's why it's called a practice because it's part of the practice is to bring yourself back 
to notice when you're having thoughts that are carrying you away and to come back to the sound of the meditation teacher's voice or the music or your breathing or whatever it is. That's one reason why I particularly like doing guided meditations, which some people might consider or have heard that is that's cheating. Mm. It's not cheating. It, it helps you focus. And so using a guided meditation, I especially like the ones with music underneath them. So guided and music, uh, keeps me a little bit more focused and you get better at it. You know, the first, when you're first starting out, expect that you are going to be chasing your thoughts and bringing yourself back every five seconds. And then maybe it extends to 10 seconds and then 15. And it, the, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Just like you know, a baby learning how to walk. They don't stand up and walk across mm. the room on the first shot. Yeah. So it's it's like that being gentle with yourself. And then as far as the time commitment, meditation actually is an investment of time. So there's a quote, I think it's attributed to Abraham Lincoln, that if you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. Meditation is very similar to that. So let's say you spent 15 minutes in meditation and it helped improve your focus and your productivity. And aside from all the other biochemical changes, meditation helps your brain release all the feel-good chemicals, dopamine and serotonin. It helps release less cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So your whole body is more relaxed, you're breathing more healthfully, and which leads to you being more focused and effective at what you're doing. So if you could complete a task or a job in less time, so let's say it would normally take you two hours, but you've meditated for 15 minutes and then it only took you an hour to do the thing. You just bought yourself 45 minutes. It's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. I do find, I, I didn't really get serious about it, committed to it until about, I guess, a year ago, year and a half ago. But I do find that it is, it helps you in a lot of areas of your life. Like even if you're standing in line at the bank, you can just be sitting there and just being hyper aware of what is happening right now and just watching things and, and try not to feel aggravated that you're in a line. You're just observing it does help train you and and i do find it also helps with um feeling restful somehow where when you're tired as long as you don't fall asleep during meditation which is a huge problem for me but um but you, you do tend to feel like you've got some rest to a certain extent by taking that little mini brain vacation shut off your brain yeah because it's helping with your breathing and when you are breathing more deeply mm. you're oxygenating all the cells in your body which we normally do not breathe very deeply. Right. We, when we're working, we're stressed out. It's very shallow breathing. That doesn't, that's why you feel tired. That's why you feel stressed. Your brain is like, I need more oxygen. <laughs> that, that makes sense. Okay. That's good. I hadn't thought about it that way before. So how do you, let me see here. It, um, you, you're, it says you're the creator of customized gratitude meditation. So what does that look like? Yeah. So during pandemic, I created a five-day gratitude experience on Facebook back at 
in uh, the spring of 2020, everybody was doing these challenges, these five day and 30 day challenges. I don't know if you were involved Guess in any not. of them, if you remember. <laughs> it, yeah. Okay. Well, it seemed like everybody and their uncle was doing uh, some kind of challenge. And I looked at it and said, I think we're all pretty challenged out. Yeah. <laughs> right? In June of 2020, we're all, we've yeah, got enough challenges going challenge, on. Yeah. Yes. So I created a gratitude experience. And for that experience, I created a six-minute gratitude meditation as part of that. And a friend came to me and said, I love this meditation. Could you customize it for me? And she kind of gave me a script of what she wanted it to say, which included a lot of her things things that she was grateful for and things that she wanted to manifest. And I don't know, manifest might be too woo-woo a word for your listeners, but the other way to say that is goals that you're working towards achieving. Mm, okay. And so I, I created this meditation and recorded it and put music underneath. There's healing frequency music that also helps your brain waves get into the right state. Mm-hmm. I created this for her and gave it back as a, a MP3. And she started listening to it every day. And things that she had in there started coming to her. She she got a raise at her job. She found a new condo that was in a better location and less one less monthly rent than the one she was living in. And she manifested a couple of other things that were wow. in it. It was just really incredible. Like, yeah, this is like magic, but it's not magic because there's actually science and research behind why and how this works. I took this and I thought, well, other people could benefit from this, something like this as well, and started marketing it as these customized gratitude meditations. So to combat one of the problems that you mentioned earlier about your mind wandering, when people fill out the questionnaire that goes with this, that helps me put these together. It, it asks them, what are the things that have happened in your past? What experiences, memories, um, things have you had that you're grateful for? And what are the things that you currently have in your life that you're grateful for? And then what are the things that you are working on achieving or manifesting? And so I put it together into a 15 to 20 minute meditation and put the music underneath it and hand it back as an mp3 so when you're listening to it you're getting into that feeling of gratitude for the things you've already had because it's easy to feel gratitude for those things because you remember them so your mind is now listening to its own memories and experiences Mm -hmm. so it's paying more attention and less likely to wander and then the things that you currently have that you're grateful for. And then it's easier to move you into a feeling of gratitude for those things that haven't actually manifested, haven't actually shown up in your physical world yet. Okay. So it's like you're magnetizing them to you because you're feeling gratitude for them as if they are already here. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a really powerful way to approach things is to be thankful for what was coming, knowing that it's already there on some yeah. level. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds so. That's what those med. That's what those customized. That sounds amazing. Do. That sounds really amazing that you can do that for people and, um, and to be able to listen to that and know that. I find that that when you have ones that you like, it, you look forward to them. And I can imagine something like this would be something yeah. you would look forward to because it's focused on you and and what your what your goals are and everything and what you're grateful for. I think you would leave out a meditation like that feeling pretty up. Everybody I have created one for, every client has come back to me and been blown away by how emotional it was oh, to listen interesting. to. That's really cool. That's really quite a gift. It really touches something. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I'm going to have to check into that myself because that sounds really that sounds really wonderful. That's a really nice thing that you've created. I like that. Thanks. Um, focusing on networking, which I know is something that you do because you're you're big in helping people with business. And, and our goal is our, our, our demographic is people who are at midlife or retirement or beyond. And so for a lot of women and, and maybe men too, in that age bracket, one of the problems they have is making friends and especially if people move or whatever. And, and I mean, that is kind of a networking thing. I'm, but I'm wondering if you have anything that you could apply to that, that you could talk to about that because it's so hard for people. I mean, I've lived in, in Southern California, San Diego County, my whole life. And so I have people I know here. And um, so I'm lucky, but I know that people who move here, they tell me it's really, really hard to make friends. It's hard to start over. And I think people who go through divorce, then they lose a lot of their friends because friends choose sides or they just back out altogether. And so how that is a networking type thing. How can you help people with with networking as they go forward or to find new groups that they belong to as part of reinventing themselves. It's a little bit easier or I don't know if it's easier or harder now that everything's online, Mm. (laughs) you know, it's, it's, there are so many, but there are so many places now there's meetup, you know, meetup.com is a place where you can look. There's a website. I don't know if you're familiar with this website, Kim. It's called Revel, R-E-V-E-L. I've heard of that. Okay. I think the website is hellorevel.com. I have no affiliation with it other than I am also a member. But I don't get any, I don't, you know, they don't pay me to talk about it. I've actually never mentioned it before on on a podcast. But it's a group, it's a, a community of midlife women who are looking to connect with other wow. midlife women. That sounds awesome. And it and right now, I don't know how long it, it is, but as they're building their membership, it's free. Also get in now on the ground floor. Yes. And so they host I don't know how many hundreds maybe of virtual events. And then there are also local groups. I went on a hike a couple months ago with a group of women locally mm. from the, that was organized through Revel. And that's great. That's, that's yeah, great to lovely. know. That's really good to know. Cause um, I'm, I'm a retirement coach and that is one thing that a lot of people really struggled with, especially through the pandemic is just the loneliness, just so yeah. lonely. Yes. And then there was nothing going on anywhere. Um, so this sounds, this sounds really great to connect with it. And I really, I don't really hear it from men as much. I don't know if it's just a female thing, but, um, maybe men are more absorbed in their work and those are their friendships and they don't, they're not looking for more outside. What what have you found? 
I think men just don't okay. talk about it. I women are I don't I was going to say more social creatures, but I think we have uh we are more designed to connect and collaborate than men are in general. And so men are equally hungry for friendships, but they're not wired to okay. say that. Okay, right, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, this this sounds great. Maybe there's one out there for men that's of similar nature because <laughs> yeah, I think maybe or maybe that's a business opportunity for so. someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think that's one thing that COVID really highlighted for people is the loneliness and how unhealthy it is because there were so many people who went home because they had to go home and then that's it and they're stuck there and had nobody to interact with and. It, excruciatingly painful for people. Agreed. And I was, I was right in there with them because I live alone with two cats and it was really okay, difficult. Okay. So you know it firsthand. Yeah, I, have, I have a house full of kids. So of all different ages. So it there's never, it was really no different than a weekend. It was just an extended weekend where everybody's home all the time. But <laughs> yeah, and cats are really fun. I have my cat. I love my cat, but that's, that's not the same thing as being with other people and touching other people and you know sharing laughs with other people. Yeah. 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 So on the other hand, it was a great time to reflect mm-hmm. and get in touch with my intuition and my creativity, which were both heightened, which is how this whole business came out, the the meditations and the gratitude and yeah. all of that. No, that's a good perspective. It really is. It's been a reset for everybody, I think. Yes, if you yes. were lucky to come through it with your good health, then hopefully you can gain something from that experience go forward. And to your point, now we want to get out and connect. The hardest part about the whole pandemic thing was not, in my view, not the virus itself. It was that loneliness. It was that disconnection because as humans, we are wired to connect interpersonally, not through a screen, face-to-face, in each other's energetic yeah. fields. That's how we're wired. Yeah, and I, I saw that with clients too, where they, I would say, well, there's, there's these things that are online. I don't want to do online. I don't, I'm so over it. And on the one hand here, going back to your point, gratitude, thank God there was online because that was a way you could stay in touch with other people and see friends. And, you know, otherwise, can you imagine if we didn't have online or, or our cell phones to go through? It would have been awful. No. But but yeah. still, it doesn't mean it's good enough. So it, you can always want more. Even while, you, even while you're appreciating the stuff, you should be grateful for it. You can still want more. Exactly. Uh, let me ask you more about your podcast. Who, who are the people you talk to on your podcast? What, what are we going to hear if we listen to your podcast? Stories of being stuck in a place where, again, you said everything was fine, but it really wasn't okay. fine. And so it's stories of all different kinds of stories of being stuck in different, being stuck in fine, but all different kinds of stories of what fine okay. was and how they, how my guests moved past that. My whole first season was only women. I thought when I started it in May of last year that it was going to be primarily Gen X women, which is women between 40s, in their 40s and 50s. And that's not how it panned out. It was mm. also men were listening and 
some millennials, some, you know, some of the younger uh, people in their 30s and 40s. And I was getting a lot of requests from, from men. Hey, I have a story. Can I come on? And I said, uh, no, it's only for women. And then <laughs> I finally said, all right, you can come on in season two. I don't know how long season one is going to be, but in season two, I'll talk to men. And so it just so happened that season two ended at the end of 2021. And I started season two this year and I am now talking to men. And it's so interesting because they do have stories and they have different Mm. perspectives. And those are just as interesting. I'll bet. It's also probably helpful for you as a, as a coach and a, a business mentor to be able to have the different perspectives to apply from what you've learned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really nice. Um, those sound, those sound great. And I think um, everybody can relate to that being stuck. It's the worst feeling in the world to feel like you are stuck and you just can't go forward. It, it really is a bad place to be. It's a hard place to be. It's a hard place to be. And sometimes there's a lesson there in that that's where you just need to sit in it for mm. a few minutes. You know, I have, I'm thinking of a, a friend who has always been on the go, on the go, moving, running a business, running a business. And that, and she's in a place now where she really just needs to sit still and, and kind of wait for the messages mm-hmm. to come. You know, like you can't force the next thing. And this is where you're slowing down and you're getting quiet and you're listening for the message of what is the next thing. And it's hard to sit in that place. Yeah. And yet, a lot of times that's what is required. Like slow down, take some breaths, enjoy a few weeks or months or whatever it is to just have fun. Like what does that yeah. look like? <laughs> crazy talk, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but sometimes that's what's necessary before you can know what the next mm-hmm. step is. Yeah, and then you just get a different perspective while you're there, hopefully, that you can apply. Yeah. Yeah, so it comes back to having grace, giving yourself grace. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Lori, we want to let people know how they can find you, and your site is called zenrabbit.com, which is cool. How did you come up with that, by the way? Why? What was the draw for Zen Rabbit? Oh, there's a whole story behind oh, that. Time. So when I was doing the cookies, okay, when I was doing the cookies, I was, when I would make these cookies for people and give them a sample, they would say, oh my gosh, this reminds me of something my grandma used to make. And so it would bring them back to this blissful place of baking in the mm-hmm. kitchen with grandma, the Zen blissful place. When I was a baby, I had a stuffed pink rabbit, my mom figured out that she could take all the other animals out of the crib, but the rabbit had to be there. And as I got older, I would rub her ears for comfort. And so she was kind of my Zen rabbit, although I didn't call her that at the time. And so putting those two things together, I came up with the name Zen rabbit. And I also mentioned at the beginning that I have a background in marketing. So from a standpoint of branding, no one ever forgets the name Zen rabbit. No, it's cool. It's a really cool name. I like it. 
All right. So you won't forget that if you're listening at zenrabbit.com, although I will have the link in the show notes, so you'll be able to click on it and go find her there. And then she's really active on LinkedIn and posts some really interesting articles, things like that, if you want to go find her there. But uh, Lori can help you with a lot of things in addition to your business, which we didn't get into too much today, but she can also help you out with that, help to grow your business and help you work together with the people in your your team to stay calm, stay grounded, and move forward together better. And uh, check out the customized gratitude meditations too. Um, I think you'll enjoy visiting her website and seeing what she has to offer. So Lori, I'd like to thank you so much for coming on today. It was really delightful talking to you. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure to be here, Kim. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you know anybody who you think would be a great subject for this podcast, please have them contact me. They can go to my website, retirementpurposecoach.com. And at the bottom of that front page, there is a contact section and they can just reach me right there. I'd love to hear from them. I am a certified retirement coach, so if you need any help from me with your retirement so that you have your own success story, you can contact me there as well. I'd like to thank Bokuwa and Wizzy2K for the use of their song, Will You Stay With Me? I have the link to that song in the show notes. Have an excellent rest of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. I hope it's purposeful. You'll enjoy your life so much better if that's your focus. Bye for now.